Jeweled Lotus. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Into the 99. We wanted to do a quick uh, talk about some of the new spoilers. We obviously want to cover them as an episode. Um, first and foremost, I'm one of your hosts, Daniel. We've I'm got, Brian. Yeah, Brian with us and also Zach. Zach, say hello. Zach, say hello. All right, there we go. Um, <laughs> so today, I obviously wanted to talk about the card that's on everyone's mind. Everyone rushed to make a video about it. It was spoiled, I think, uh, late Thursday. Really late Thursday, which is a weird time to spoil a card like Jeweled Lotus. And everyone rushed it out, tried to get the the hot take, the quick thing. And and we like to take a day or two to at least think about it a little bit, discuss it. We've got a really good Discord where we chat with everyone. The Discord was on fire yeah. talking about yeah. that card. So uh, essentially they, they made the first attempt, before we even get into what the card does, they made the first attempt to go against the reserve list. And I could not be happier. <laughs> I hate the reserve list. I don't think it's a positive thing for the game in any way. I think that it's great that they are trying to find workarounds for it that make the game functional because they the reserve list has strong cards on it. Now, obviously, getting into that, a lot of people have seen what Jeweled Lotus is. I, I, I'm not still going to go over the card for the moment. You can't put Black Lotus into Commander. That's nope. too strong, too good. Lionized Diamond is very breakable, and that has the additional cost of discarding your hand. And Lionized Diamond can really make people groan if it's not at a competitive table. So I understand it. I understand where the Jeweled Lotus frustration is coming from, because the card just basically reads zero mana, three mana of any color on a sacrifice. You can only use it for your commander. On its face, amazing. It There's no way around it. It is a very strong card doesn't really have a lot of downsides there's i think i saw like the one of the the main the main pros that i've seen to this card is that it allows newer players to get another more powerful card that they would not have been able to have until very recently nobody had access to mana crypt like the the fact that i had mana crypts it just blew people's minds because they were such old where did you get these yeah there's such old weird cards and a lot of people i know for a fact looked at them as very unfair because there was just not the that there, big of enough of a downside no there just wasn't a, a big enough of a pool for players to have them you either had to have a lot of money to have them or a very old collection like me and my brothers yeah. and stuff right and and even with the older collection they were still pricey cards with them reprinting it as a masterpiece, it did become a little more accessible. And now we've seen it in, what, Mystery Boosters? We just saw it again recently in uh, Double Masters. Yeah. Like, stuff like that is good. It's it's definitely up to the power. And the same thing, like, as as a player who is a little bit newer to the game, were you not happy to crack things like Foil, like Force of Wills or whatever? Oh, yeah. I was able to get actual a Force of Will because I was like, well, previously to even, even those sets coming out, I was like, but they're like a hundred and something dollars. Yeah. And I don't play blue all that often. So it's not really worth to me to buy one. Well, and a lot of times, yeah, it's, it's kind of, if you're new to the game, if you're not at a super high meta table and stuff, right? A lot of people, there is an enormous market for budget plays. People don't want to buy hundred dollar cards. That's no. just the, that's the bottom line of it, right? A lot of people. Unless most, you like a nice collection. Yeah, most decks don't need a mana crypt to function and most tables don't need that speed. So, we get to Jeweled Lotus. Jeweled Lotus sets the internet on fire because they've made basically a functional commander only Black version of Black Lotus. It's an amazing card. I believe The art is amazing. Art's beautiful. Yeah. I personally yeah. believe it's going to be uh, a card that keeps and holds its value. 
And there's so many cards in the set. Like, we're going to be going over spoilers probably next week, just right before release date, because there's another week of spoilers. And man, is it going to be a good episode. It might be a, it might be a two-parter that we just do a double release of, because there's a lot of cards in it. It's a huge set. Yeah, I think yeah. like every single day there's been new cards. Like even like after we recorded our first podcast or our episode today, like Zach's already been. Yeah, there's explaining. already new spoilers today of like cool ones and it's Saturday morning, right? Yeah. So looking at Jeweled Lotus minus the overall like, yes, you can get things out fast. The more colors you have in your deck, the worse this card is. Let's get that out of the way. Because you can only choose one. Yeah, color this isn't going mana. to super accelerate like your Thrasios, Timna, competitive style decks and that's what everyone everyone generally looks at most of these things from the lens of competitive this is cdh it's pushing everything's power level up i look at it as the opposite i like to play a bunch of very not good commanders i really really like mono white decks i talk about it all the time and stuff right uh in a lot of mono white decks uh and a really good example is commander isha commander isha is an aura based enchantment uh voltron commander in my deck commander isha's four mana which means as soon as i have four mana even if I'm one mana a turn, that means my fourth turn is Commander Isha. And it's not like an equipment deck where I'm trying to get other things out. I need to put the auras onto Isha. Yeah, you need to have a target. So for me, it's a very, very slow start. And Commander Isha has protection from creatures. It's very quick to see that you don't want this thing to get big. So not only is it a huge removal target, it's very slow to get off the ground. A really good start in that deck is maybe getting a soul ring and getting it out. Land tax or getting it out turn two or something, right? Yeah. This is what the the jeweled lotus is like really for. It's not it's not going to be for like super busted plays and stuff like oh yeah you can get Urza out on turn one. That's that's not the kind of players most people are going to be seen playing anyways, right? Most of these things are going to be people who have cracked the packs, had a little bit of fun, and they're going to put them into like monocolored decks, two color decks. That's where I think this card really really shines is in two color decks as opposed to. Like I said, it's not it's not so good in three. It's not so good in four color. Like uh, Moldrotha doesn't want this, and Moldrotha wants everything you you yeah. can recur, right? But like I can get one of my three colors with Moldrotha, so I can maybe get it out. Turn. But you could see with Moldrotha playing that first, and then being able to crack it and get Land of War Birds and another like white or another uh, Mana Dork out. Like it, it, you it, can it, only you can only use it. Well, for you your can only use it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So oh, never exactly, mind. Yeah, see? It, yeah, if you could crack it for that, then it would be so awesome, right? But the fact mm-hmm. is that you can only use it on your commander. So in a normal, like, uh, Door in the Siege Tower, another deck that for me, it, it gets going kind of quick, but he's still multicolored. You need one of each, right? This isn't a great opening hand for Doran because then I can maybe, what am I going to do? Crack a Jeweled Lotus for one white mana? At that point, why wouldn't I just use the Lotus Petal, right? Yeah. So... It is going to shine more in monocolor decks, especially in colors that are slow. And I think you're going to see a lot of play in Orzov decks, just the, the kind of decks that you don't you don't really have that ramp to get those things out. Like, I play Krav and Regna. Reg, like, Regna is like six mana. Yeah, or actually Aura. That, like, if I could have one black or white out and then... And get him out fast. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's turn, just like it, right? Turn two drop. It, it's very easy to look at every card on its face and think like, oh, this is broken. This is going to be so strong. But the the best way to look at it, I think, is to think about your playgroup. Like, do you think your friends are just suddenly bad people because there's a new card? Like, are they going to suddenly be like, I'm going to wreck the game for everyone. I'm going to try to build the most unfit. Like, no, your friends aren't trying to build the most unfun, fast deck there's not like a card that's printed that's just going to flip a switch on your playgroup and just 
ruin the whole <laughs> dynamic of it, right? Like, okay, someone, if they have an opening hand with Krenko, it might be really good to get a turn one Krenko. But, yeah. you, you know, like, this is something I said in the Discord and stuff. EDH is a self-regulating game. I very, very often outrace the table with how much mana I produce. I love to play green. There's a lot of decks. Brian's seen my Salvala deck where I, I have, like, I a, turn like two, Salvala a turn two Salvala out, a turn three mana reflection. I generate insane mana. And then I get just gang-banged by the table. The whole table is against me until I'm back in line. That That's how magic works, right? Yeah. In, in a one-on-one, sure, I can see that. But the player who is the most ahead is the enemy of the table, right? And even a lot of good decks, they can't really beat three decks that are trying to stop them. And everyone keeps talking, oh, well, it, it just accelerates you too much. You get too much of an advantage having a commander out. It's... You well, know, depending I, upon the commander. Well, like my really good example is uh, Zerus. Me and Brian both have Zerus. It's a very, very fun commander, but it also is a removal target, right? If I don't have a great hand, but let's say that I draw a Plains, a Mountain, and my Jeweled Lotus. So I'm pretty good. I don't have my green mana to get my deck going, but I know I can cast Zerus. I know reliably when I swing in, I can get my draw damage off, right? That's a greedy keep. I don't have all my colors I need. I don't have a lot of the ramp, but I know that I know that if things go well, I'm pretty good. I drop Zerus turn two, and I'm gonna I know that I'll be able to swing at someone with flying, it's got good evasion. Turn three, I'll be able to draw three cards, maybe I hit some of what I need. And turn three, if there's no other say liable targets out, there's lots of removal, that's three mana. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So if I if I bust zero if I bust Zerus out and I get path to exiled, then I'm stuck on no mana of my ramp color. And a seven-cost commander in a deck that relies on it, right? There's a lot of uh, big ability to to have a downside when you're playing that way. Yeah, like, like that's, that's that's just the end of that's it. That's kind of that's kind of a lot of the reason why. Like I look at Jeweled Lotus as like a, just another ritual. Really, is all it yeah. is because you know it's that sudden burst of you know sustainability. If it was a zero drop. You know, if some, that if we some, didn't have to sacrifice, then it would be in, insane. Like, I'm not downplaying the fact that it's a good card. I just, I don't think it's overpowered. I just think it's higher power. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, only, like we've, like you guys have said, only certain decks are going to be able to really take advantage of this. And yes, it's an artifact, which is easily abusable, but really, like, you can only use this mana to recast your commander. I don't really know off the top of my head how many commander decks are going to, like, really want to especially in mono color because that's the, like we've that said blue, like that's that blue um legendary creature that does everything with artifacts um, emery yeah emery that's that's the one deck that i could see it being like no but it's the same thing if you don't kill emery i can't do anything with it yeah right like yeah, and like go ahead Zach. that's 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 the thing like what what real value and i i'm very curious like what do you really benefit from recasting your companion multiple times if you're able to somehow loop this you know loop this artifact because eventually we're going to get to the point you're where you're getting into a really weird prosh loop and you're going against food chain and trying to cast prosh infinite times well guess what that's still also a competitive thing that your normal friends aren't doing <laughs> right like it's... and it's and it's only of one color that's the thing that like yeah. i can't stress enough if it was of any color of your commander's identity i could totally understand like the pitchforks and the fire and all that stuff I could totally get it. But, but like if, if we were playing a game and Zach played a turn one Lotus petal and then dark ritual, <clears throat> pardon me, 
if he uh, played turn one Lotus Petal, Dark Ritual. I wouldn't be upset at that. I'd be like, oh, cool play. I wouldn't be like, this is unfair. You're accelerating too fast for the table. No, I'd just be like, oh, cool, man. Like, you got your card out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there, it's a fun there game. are decks that are definitely going to want to use this. Like my, my Grinza deck, like it's my more higher power deck. It's closest to CEDH that I have. Like, yeah, I could see this card being useful to be like, okay, if I have my black and my red source, I can suddenly, you know, use this as my three in the X so that he's coming out bigger, allow my game plan to go faster. But ultimately, like I just... The longer the game goes, I see this card becoming more like becoming worse. You know, like this is this is literally just to like I need to get my commander out instantly. My, you know, I need my commander out as soon as possible. My big thoughts on it are that people are overestimating the ceiling and underestimating the floor on this card. This card sucks to draw late game. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. If you have your commander out and you're if you're in the dominant board state, you've got your commander out and you're ready to go, and then you just draw this your late game thing like. This is a dead draw wow, wow. at a long part. There's a lot of commanders. Um, one of the spoiler today, I'm playing Perforos as a commander. It's an indestructible enchantment. The likelihood of it being removed off the board is pretty close to zero in most, you know, there's not many exile enchantment stuff, right? Yeah. It's, it's not going away. I, that card's not good in that deck. What, like, what am I going to do? Get Perforos out early and hope it's in my opening hand. Like, if a card is only good in your opening hand, it's not that good. No. Right? Mana Crypt mm-hmm. late in the game is good. You can always get the extra mana. Well, and that goes for anything that you want to cast, though, mm-hmm. not just your commander. Yeah. Like, I see I see Jeweled Lotus, like, yes, being good at, you know, just like any card for the game, like, is going to be good in certain scenarios and good in, and good in certain decks. Like, Joyra is going to love this card. It's an yep. egg. Uh, Ishar going to love this deck. It's an egg. I love this card because it's an egg, but those are very like specific play patterns, you know, like, yes, any deck that cares about casting historic spells or zero cost spells, this card is good because it's a free spell outside of that. The other thing too, is that like, this is gonna, the, the more expensive land base you have, like I said, the better a deck can function, right? So five color decks already have a ton of love. Like they've, if you've invested into it, it's fine. But for newer players, it doesn't always feel good to not, have the fast mana not have access to these fancy new toys and the whole point of this set is to just be cracking new things trying new things and getting into it and if you're a new player you're cracking this fast mana you're you're not going to be an expert deck builder like none of us are really expert deck builders like we all play silly things we've got like some all of us have good decks but they're all in their own way silly yeah we all have ways that we (laughs) play like we could all build better if we do none of us do that right like I said, the the fabric of your playgroup isn't going to unravel if somebody gets their commander out two or three turns early. I have to say, like, even just, like, after... Because, like, when I first saw it and you called me and everything... Oh, yeah, I was, just I, like, I was on the phone when this yeah, first got spoiled. Just like, wow, yes, that's such a great card. But now after just kind of talking about it, it's lackluster. Yeah, it, it, don't get me wrong. I'll be very excited to play it. Mm-hmm. But the decks that I'm going to put it in, outside of a competitive deck are nonsense they're yep. they're gonna just be like they'll be like why why'd you use this to play ronus i'm like i don't know yeah that's that's my thing is like the thing i'm most excited for about this card isn't the fact that it's going to make my tune decks better which to a degree it can it's going to be all the decks that i like just need a little bit of extra help like it's going to it's going to go in there you know like decks that are like 
not viable because the commander cost is too high. Well, suddenly if I'm drawing this card, okay, now like it doesn't feel as bad to play like a six CMC commander if I have a zero drop gain three, you know? Well, one of the one of the arguments I saw on one of the posts was, well, what if somebody's playing Elish Norn as a commander and they just accelerate this out? That person's a degenerate. Yeah, and they're just like, all it's going to do is make the table upset. I was like, if anyone's playing Elish Norn as a commander, it's going to make the table upset. What kind of animals do you play with? <laughs> But that's the th- but that's kind of the, what I'm getting at though of like yes the praetors are strong but like it takes so much work to get a lot of those onto the battlefield to yeah. even do it like if you've been a big like proponent of Elish Norn and you've always wanted to play it but it's so slow like I hope you crack this card and if I hope you put it in the deck so you can play the deck if your mono white seven mana commander gets to come out a little bit earlier that your playgroup already hates you for then whatever who cares can Genji taxi us out on turn five yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But that's Fine. that's the thing, and like He's without real, knowing the like design philosophy behind the card, I'm more inclined to believe that's what it is. Like, at no one, no one should be like ever um, like not thought of when the conversation for new cards being designed. Like, is this card for CDH? Maybe. Is it for EDH in general? Yes, because CDH mm-hmm. is EDH. It's as simple as that. There's no uh, there's no distinguishing outside I, of I, us determining. I definitely disagree. It's a totally different mindset and play style. A lot of people don't like I, to differentiate. The, the best way to look at is CDH, EDH, is if I play my CDH deck against you, will you be happy? And the answer is no, unless you're also that's playing the, it. But that's the thing. Like, I think we as players in this in this format have designated these things to make it easier. So when we sit down and have our conversation about what decks we're playing, if you say, well, I'm playing an eight, well, I'm playing a 10. What does a 10 mean? Oh, CDH viable. Like that's still, it's still like, I think a lot of people get hung up. Like, yes, it's a different mindset of brewing, but at, you know, like rule zero, we're supposed to have this conversation and talk about the kind of play experience we're expecting to have as players. Well, that's, that's the best way to look at it right there is what you said. Rule zero. This isn't going to break it. You should still be having the same conversations and stuff. I think this is just going to enable a bunch of commanders that like are not as easy to play and stuff, right? Okay, I might be able mm-hmm. to play Golos early. So? Yeah. So yeah. what? Yeah, like it's it's Golos. I'm going to ramp Golos out, right? Like there's that that's just the best way to look at it is that there is going to be no breaking of the game for it because you're still gonna be playing with your friends. That's the everyone's All just that matters. everyone's so enraged mm-hmm. about it and they're furious at the rules committee for not banning this and not banning that. These are your friends you're playing with. Like you should if you're not having fun playing the game, don't play with those people. That's the it's the only way like I, I can say it. Like I I don't understand that mentality. I just wouldn't play with people if I wasn't having fun. And well, I Well and like I like we talked about on the Discord, right? Like you guys know, every time I sat down, I've said the same thing since we started. I always ask the same two questions, right? What are your pronouns and what power level are we playing? Just so I know, because it's that's the whole point of Commander is like, do I, if I win, cool, awesome, my deck did its thing. But if we sit down and I'm getting stomped, but I'm having a good time and like I'm talking to people and we're having fun, like even when I get beat, even when I get hosed by <laughs> stupid Teferi's protection, we're still laughing about it. We're still having a good time. Like, and that's the whole thing. Like, yes, you can play competitively and still have fun. The whole point is to have the conversation. If you are not having the conversation at the beginning of the game, you have completely missed out on what EDH is, and you should feel bad about it. <laughs> Even speaking to Fairy's Protection, a lot of people do get tilted at it. I uh, I built a deck recently that one of my combos re- uh, resolves around, revolves around Teferi's Protection, 
And uh, I went to Teferi's Protection myself because it was in hand to protect myself. Uh, I had like a bunch of, I, I was really, really set up. I had Phyrexian Unlife, Solemnity. I wasn't dying to anything. Uh, but my little brother, we were playing and he was playing uh, Karlov. He ended up life draining me. So my life ended up hitting zero. I Teferi's Protection. And uh, so life was at zero. I didn't die from it. Teferi's Protection resolved and all my permanents moved. And I died to state-based action with Teferi's Protection. <laughs> I killed myself with it. It was a, a very interesting play. And that's just it, right? The card's not going to break. It's not going to ruin your play group. Talk with people. That's, yep. that's the takeaway from it. Yes, it's strong. Incidentally, it's not going to wreck the game for you. You shouldn't be furious mm -hmm. if like... Like, if somebody plays this and you pick up, like, you're looking at the game the wrong way. Yep. Right? Like, play the game, just, people win and lose. So it, this it, Everyone's acting like it's the companion mechanic on top of this. Like, they're going to see it <laughs> turn one every game. It's outside of it for some reason. Is it has an extra card? Like, it's, yeah, like, that's not the point of this. No. <laughs> How many companion decks do we see now, by the way? Just out of curiosity. I have never <laughs> seen anyone use the companion mechanic. You've seen one? I, I run one. Oh. My Golos is, um, oh, the red Agantha. green elk. Jungatha? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But, but that's, how many that's times have thing. I played it? Yeah. Zip. I just, I never see it. Like, I, I just don't see companion mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I, I use the companion cards. I have Lutri in a deck. Mm -hmm. Fight me. <laughs> just, just be, res you know, just be responsible, guys. Like, the whole point is it's our community. No group should be mad at another about a card that's been printed. Like, just talk about it. Yeah, just play, like, have fun. Yeah, like, hey, I'm playing a really janky deck. It's probably a three. It's barely even functioning. Okay, does do you guys have something that is close to that? Okay, well, what does a three mean? Like, just have these conversations. <laughs> There's no reason in this day and age that we can't talk about cards and figure out, like, do our decks match to a certain degree? Are well, we going to be able to sit down, have fun, and play? I have the same kind of game experience everyone is thinking about having. Oh, I flat like, out agree. I, and the other thing I was going to say is that, like, I, I do have a really simple solution for Jeweled Amulet. Or Jeweled Lotus. Sorry, not Jeweled Amulet. Pff, very different cards. Uh, if you're not happy with the Jeweled Lotuses in your playgroup and stuff, easy solution. Mail me them. I'll take them all for you. I will bear this burden. <laughs> My playgroup will be just fine with it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Brian, where can they find our stuff? So you can find us at IntoThe99.com for all of our content in one easy place. Uh, check us out on YouTube, YouTube slash IntoThe99, as well as uh, you can check us out on Patreon where we have a few different tiers uh, with some uh, interesting uh, benefits. Thank you so much, guys. See ya. Bye.